0: Welcome to On The Line. It's Tuesday, November 1st, and we are back for the latest and greatest conversation on high school cross country. On today's show, we will chat about, with an Iowa state champion. We'll dart around the U.S. to recap what went down this weekend. We'll talk records, commitments, Garmin at RxC3, and then we'll finish out with um, some discussion on upcoming state championships in Texas and Ohio. Really looking forward to it. I'm Corey Mull here with Olivia Ekbenay and Ashley Titians. Thanks for being with us. Uh, if you've watched us for a long time or listened to us for a long time, remember to subscribe to our channel on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure to check out the site too. We've had a ton of awesome content in recent days, uh, including some great stuff over the last couple of days. Uh, ladies, how are you doing?
1: Fabulous. Doing great. How are you? <laughs>
0: I'm okay. I'm at home. I'm living the life. How about that? Living the life. Living, living the, the life. life. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Did anybody do
1: anything special <laughs> yesterday? Was Halloween, Corey? You know, handing out the candy. Any cool costumes? Did you see any?
0: Nope. No costumes. But as you both know, I I did have trick or treaters uh, coming to to our house, and uh, scared a couple of them. The, the young ends. We have a <laughs> we have a scarecrow on a rocking chair outside our house and you know every time you like take the candy out of the bucket it like pops up and screams so i got a fair amount of scares uh from the neighborhood kids so i was happy about that
2: you're gonna scar these kids for life for halloween man
0: (laughs) Corey went all in (laughs) gotta learn sometimes (laughs)
2: There we go.
1: Well, Corey, as you mentioned, we have a very special guest joining us today. I'm excited to share that we have Peyton Noe from Ballard High School out in Iowa joining us today. We are super excited because she had a eye-catching performance over the weekend, defended her Iowa State cross-country title with a new personal best of 1648, but she also shattered so many records along the way as well. So Peyton, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So as usual, we have to start with the state championships. It was just a couple days ago for you. First of all, congratulations. And how do you feel about your performance? Thank you. Um, It was definitely, it was my goal
3: going into it um, to break 17. So definitely really happy with the outcome, obviously. And um, just kind of asked for a better race to end my season, yeah.
1: Well, you said the goal going in was breaking 17. You completely shattered that 1648. (laughs) Like I mentioned, new personal best meet record. And based off our mile split profile, you ran the fastest time by someone that has competed on the Iowa soil. So on top of that, as I mentioned, defended your state title from a year ago. What went behind this big performance? What was the key for you to not only grab this state title, but also for you breaking that 17-minute 5K mark?
3: Yeah, um, just throughout the year. I mean, it's just it's just consistency in training, I guess, um, throughout the year, which really helped me towards the end. And um, obviously not burning out uh, too quickly, which really helped. Um, and then, yeah, just that day, kind of just going in with um, more confidence than I usually have, um, just knowing that I've put in the work so far and I knew I had the ability to do
2: it. So just going out and doing it was really
3: um, key,
2: yeah. Now, Peyton, I mean, shoot, this kind of solidifies you as one of, or maybe the best, you know, high school girl ever in Iowa history. You know, what do you think has been the key, like your X factor throughout your whole career and what sets you apart from other competitors?
3: Um, you know, it's definitely that um, cross country is such a tough sport. So it's definitely the mental toughness um, that helps during the races, um, And I think over the years, I've gotten mentally tougher with the more experience that I've had, um, which is really helpful. But I also think um, just doing like the little things on the side. So like making sure I get enough sleep every day, um, making sure my nutrition is right, and I'm uh, just staying as healthy as possible throughout the season. Yeah.
2: Now, you mentioned going into your state meet that you felt pretty confident going out there. What do you think, you know, looking at your schedule leading up to states, which meet do you look at and you say that was the meet that gave me a lot of that confidence going in and why is that? Um, there was definitely, I think, two
3: standout ones that did. Um, first one being uh, Griok in Minnesota, the Roy Griok Invitational. Um, i had run there in years before, but this year was definitely a little bit different and I ended up playing season second, which was a big confidence boost just because it is a really big meet. Um, and then we had one in Iowa that is uh, at the same course as state, and it's with all classes, so um, you can run against everybody, and that one definitely helped because there's a lot of good competition across the entire state, so winning that was definitely a very big confidence boost, and um, I was able to get a PR there the first time running there, um, which helped again with that confidence going into the um, state meet. I knew that I'd run it before and I knew that I could do it again, but even better this time.
0: Now, Peyton, you, you had eight wins this year. I counted them up uh, 15 over the last two seasons for you in cross country. What do you think winning on the course has taught you about this sport itself? Like, what has winning meant to you? What has it taught you a little bit about yourself?
3: I mean, it's definitely um, awesome to win as much, but uh, even if after winning, I still have that, you know, going into each race, you still feel a little bit nervous. You're still like, well, what if? Um, but it's definitely more of, again, building a little bit of confidence each time and um, the experience that comes with it. And um, being able to know that you can execute that over and over again really helps, um, to perform in the future.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. What about the losses? I mean, you, you talked about GRIAC, um, you, you came in second there, I believe. I mean, what, what are the losses or just like the minor, the minor setbacks taught you about this sport?
3: I mean, yeah, I mean, with every sport on a given day, someone can have a bad race or, um, whatever and not perform as well as they want to so it's definitely um when that happens it's important to just kind of um kind of take it in and recognize what you did wrong and then uh go into the next race with a better strategy or a better um idea of what to do but it's definitely it's definitely at the same time you um like at griot it was definitely i wasn't I wasn't i would say mad about losing because it's there's good competition there, and I was um just more grateful to be able to race against so many um really high level girls and have a competitive race to um test me and overall make me better at the end of the day yeah
0: absolutely, so Halloween was yesterday we were officially past Halloween, but I think you know twenty four hours removed for it we still have the lingering effects of spooky season. What is your favorite Halloween tradition?
3: Oh, um, I don't know if my family is a big Halloween family. Like, we don't have a lot of traditions. Um, But I would say one big thing that we do is that my uh, dad and my uncle and then um, my sister and my cousins, we all go to a scary movie. Um, So we did... Sunday, we went to a scary movie, and I'm not a scary movie person, so it's it's fun for them. It's not as fun for me, but I still do it because I just enjoy hanging out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what did you see? See,
3: we saw um the new Halloween movie, Halloween Ends.
0: Yeah. Oh, Halloween all right, ends. wait, wait. I, I, I just I need a review real quick. At <laughs> out of ten, what is your Halloween Ends review? I have seen it as well. What's your review?
3: Um, I thought it was pretty good. You know, I would say like, I don't know, like seven out of 10. I thought it was scary. But my brother and my dad, who are more scary people, they are like, no, that wasn't that scary. That wasn't the best (laughs) one. So I don't know. I'm probably not the best person to ask. But
1: (laughs) well, at least you do have that bonding time with your family, which I always think is really nice now kind of speaking of to halloween and states they're kind of in the rearview mirror now just kind of looking forward what is next on your racing calendar um so
3: i'm not sure
1: about uh if i'm going to do nike
3: or not but i am for sure doing the um east bay or foot race coming
1: up yeah okay and with that being said i know one of the biggest goals that you had was breaking 17 minutes for 5k what are some of the other goals that you kind of just have jotted down that you're kind of eyeing as you move forward to the postseason of cross country and just kind of moving in toward the indoor and outdoor seasons as well
3: yeah i mean uh for cross country the big one going to year was breaking 17 so now that i've done that i think it's just um in these next races just competing well against these really high level girls um and maybe getting another pr we'll see but uh Yeah, going into the indoor season um, and outdoor season, I think my main two races are the um, 3000 and the 1500 for uh, Iowa, we have 3000. So I think just um, doing well in those getting new uh, PRs in those, um, because I definitely think I have the ability to do that. And, um, and just, yeah,
2: just seeing what I can do in those two events. Yeah. Now, Payne, I want to touch just a little bit on just the Iowa running community as well. I don't know if you saw on social media, but after you broke 17 and ran that 1648 this past weekend, like the Iowa running community, like it blew up on Twitter. Like they were, (laughs) you know, tweeting about you, you know, pictures, you know, race results, everything. So, I mean, it seems like it's just such a supportive community. And, you know, like what's it like to be a part of? of that community that running community in Iowa and to have some of that support behind you
3: oh yeah it's awesome I love the um community here it's it's a ton of support I mean just during the race it felt like everybody was cheering for me which was just awesome they all wanted me to um reach my goal and afterwards a lot of people come in to congratulate me and it's just a great kind of experience to have um I know that so many people are cheering you on and wanting you to do good, and um, I definitely think that's one of the amazing things about Iowa is that it is more of a community with the running community, Um, and it's all, everybody is always supporting everybody, yeah.
2: Now, I also want to know a little bit more about, you know, the running landscape of Iowa. Like, what's it like running in Iowa? Is it, does it fit the, you know, typical stereotypes of, oh, running in fields and hills and cornfields? I don't even know. I haven't been to Iowa, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> Tell me about that.
3: Um, Yeah, I would say most of our races are on golf courses. So they're fairly hilly, um, all grass. Um, and it can be a little rough sometimes, a little muddier it's wet or a little just like uneven, but, um, yeah, it's definitely hilly grassy, uh, not dirt, uh, no, no dirt roads, but yeah.
0: Rugged, you know, cut your stripes on, on Iowa course. It seems like, okay, that's (laughs) awesome. All right. Nice. All right. well, Well, Peyton, we are moving into Thanksgiving. Uh, and you know, you mentioned you're going to try to qualify for a champ sports. Um, what's, what, as you look forward, you know, this is kind of a interesting time for training. Um, are you excited by it? Are you, you know, it is kind of pressure wrecked to knowing that like a big race can get you to that national championship. So how do you feel about maybe the qualifying stage coming up?
3: Yeah, I think um, I haven't done many races like it before just in years past there hasn't been the opportunities I guess with COVID and um, I haven't known about them as much so I'm definitely um, excited but also a little nervous because it is going to be tougher but um, just going into this next week with um, I guess a little bit more confidence with the state race that I had and um, taking that excitement um, into my training and then uh, going from there and just again kind of trying to be confident going into the races just um, knowing that I've done it before and I just need to execute again
0: yeah historically the foot locker midwest region uh champ sports east Bay has been like an absolute like mud fest or you know crazy weather it's it's normally one of the worst regions to run at so <laughs> best of luck hopefully you get a good day hopefully you get a good good day
3: yeah (laughs) yeah that's awesome even in Iowa our weather is extreme yeah super hot super cold super (laughs) rainy super windy it's just you get a little bit of everything so I definitely think I'm I'll be prepared a little bit more for it yeah
0: absolutely well Peyton best of luck as you move forward into those next coming weeks uh with qualifying coming up thank you so much for for taking the time to be a part of this show
3: yeah thank you guys for having me
0: Awesome. All right. Well, that was Peyton and Noe of Iowa, the 3A cross country champion had a wonderful end to her season and she's still got some coming up. So we will look forward to that, but we're going to move on now to our weekly segment, the week that was, Uh, obviously a lot of state championships were going down uh, across the U S so we are going to get into a state of peace and kind of go over the landscape of what was in front of us. So, I'm going to push it to Ashley first. I think she has Colorado.
2: That's right. Out of all like the state meet action happening, I think Colorado may have been the most exciting. Lots of crazy things went down. Let's start here with the 5A girls race. You had Brooke Wilson of Valor Christian. She runs 1659.2, a new course record at the Penrose course out there. Beats Bree Oakley's 1707 mark. That's just, she's the it's crazy to even break 18 minutes on this course, so sub-17 is saying something. You know, in the team race, there was lots of buzz heading in, but it was Air Academy who came out on top with 63 points. Then you go to the boys' race here, as you can see, you know, pretty tight pack early on, but then in the end, it was Christian Grondike of Fort Collins, who was the favorite going in. He came away with the win here in 15:15. and that was his sixth straight victory of the season. Now, it was Valor Christian that came out as the team winner here in the boys' race for 5A. They put three in the top nine before any other squad had two in. Now, going to the 4A race, it, for, on the girls' side, you had Ella Hagan of Summit, who ran 17.48.9 to win. But it was definitely Niwa as a team that stole the show here. They swept places two through six. Guys, that's crazy. They scored just 20 points to dominate the team race here. They won by 102 points. 39-second 1 through 5 split and an 18-20 average here. That's impressive. Now look at this finish here for the boys' race. It came down to the wire in the foray race, and it was Nolan Hoffman of Mead who took it by a lean here at the line. Oh my gosh! Look at him go. They're sprinting.
3: (laughs) He takes it (laughs) it
2: by. He takes it by 0.3 over. Porter Middaw of Battle Mountain, and then it was Cheyenne Mountain who, you know, perhaps the ha- favorite going in, they won that team race there. And I also want to give a shout-out to, in the 3A girls' side, you had Isabella Laurie of Liberty Commons. She ran 1710.3. That's the third fastest all-time on this course to take the win in the 3A girls' race.
0: Now, Olivia. Olivia. I think you have West – yeah. Sorry,
1: sorry. No worries. Let's kick it off to West Virginia, specifically Cable West Virginia. You guys, we saw one of the most impressive performances of the weekend, as Ashley talked about Colorado put it together. But you guys, Irene Riggs, let's first huge shout out to this drone imaging that we have here. This is fantastic. I love it. As you see on the track, that is Irene Riggs. You guys, 1632 32 to win her third straight 3A title. She demolished the course record of 1717, which was set back a decade ago by Maggie Drasba of St. Mary's. She ran her first mile in 1528. Her second mile was 1526, 538 to kind of wrap up that 1.1 mile. She was pretty consistent all the way through. But you guys, it was Irene Riggs all the way through. A 167 speed rating, which is the highest speed rating of the season for the girls' side. And alongside of that, Corey's been talking about Morgantown High School and they came out with the victory over University and Capel Midlands. Morgantown scored 32 points, and University and Capel Midlands scored 77. Morgantown finished 1, 4, 8, 9, and 10. All five girls just impressive. It was amazing. Amongst the the mixture there you had Audrey Hall of Hurricane who finished second with an 1834 and Savannah Pritt of Cable Midland was third with an 1858. I want to briefly highlight the boys 3A race and I'm going to pass it over to Corey and the sophomore Ty Sturroats of Hurricane grabbed the victory in a 1527 What I thought was most impressive was last year, he finished second to Larry Josh Edwards with a 1620. And Larry Josh Edwards was the only boy to go under 16 minutes for 5K in this division. Guys, this year, there were five boys that were able to do that, which was so impressive. Aaron Kidd of Hurricane, his teammate, came in second with the 1541. And then Drew Zendel of University was third with the 1545. He led University to the team title, which scored 39 points. That team finished third, seventh, eighth. 10th and 11th and hurricane was second with 56 points and willing park was third with 77 but corey why don't you break down what happened in indiana
0: yeah good stuff from west virginia now indiana routinely one of the hardest states to get through to the state championships really hard qualifying process there's only two state races a boys and a girls race so it's for all the marbles and This one lived up to the billing, especially on the boys' side. Now, a lot of ranked teams going into the state championship. Carmel was number three on our rankings. But, you know, Zionsville, Noblesville, uh, a lot of teams were kind of in the wings. And turned out this was a historic race. On the boys' side, we've only had one race, according to the Indy Star, that has been closer than the one that happened on Saturday. 103 for Carmel, 106 for Zionsville. 1991 was the last time it was closer than three points it actually was a two-point race then so um really uh nervy times for Carmo who uh, was a bigger favorite than they ended up running on Saturday but a uh, win it is win that's what you always hear the win is what matters so uh, Carmel got that Cole Matisse and really ran away with it early on had a great performance he was going for the the meet record at Laverne Gibson that was formerly, or that is held by Futsum Zenelasi. He was 14 seconds off, but he still ran a a really good race. And importantly, his teammate, uh, Tony Provenzano, came in second by a mere hundredth of a second to get that second point. Really crucial when it's a three-point race there. Um, And then uh, from there, we had Center Grove uh, was third. Uh, Columbus North was fourth. Uh, Noblesville was fifth, as I said. Zionsville was second. There, really awesome performance on the on the boys side. And Carmel, uh, one fun fact: their seventeenth state championship on, on the boys program history. That's you know wow. a perennial power in Indiana. Now on the girls side, uh, it was a really fast race. Six girls broke eighteen minutes on the course. Two of them broke seventeen twenty. The one Lily Cridge, who ended up winning, uh, chopped off 18 seconds from her time last year. She won in 17:14. What, but what was interesting was Nikki Sutherland finished second here in 17:17. But in the last 1K, made a giant move, giant uh, mad dash to the finish line, and had an amazing, uh, you know, final 1K. And she almost kind of stole it, but she didn't. 17:17 there for the junior. Uh, Really good race on the girls' side. Um, Beyond Sutherland, we had Sophia Kennedy at Park Tudor, was third. Julia Kisler was fourth. Gretchen Farley was fifth. And um, interestingly enough, Gretchen Farley, hours later, went to her state soccer championship, scored a goal in a 3-0 win uh, on a wild day, and she ended up getting fifth and then a state title later in the day. Good stuff there. And not to be forgotten, Noblesville's girls won the title with 122 points. So that was good stuff out of Indiana. Ashley, I'll toss it to you with Iowa.
2: Yes, I know we already kind of started our show a little bit with some Iowa talk. We had Peyton Noe there who won the 3A girls race with that 1648 record, broke the previous state meet record by almost 35 seconds and won by almost two minutes, guys, that's just impressive. You know, it sounds like she, you know, going into that race had a lot of confidence. And, hey, she's probably going to go down for certain as, you know, maybe the best girls high schooler to ever run in Iowa. So that was a really impressive race from her. If she had competed, too, in the 3A boys race, she would have placed 21st, guys. That's crazy. Think about that. Wow. Um, You know, she, and then looking at the team race, she made it. So Peyton won the individual title representing Ballard. But it was Pella High School that took the team title there. But now I want to talk a little bit more about the Foray Boys Race, where you saw defending champions defend their titles again in the Foray, especially on the boys side. You had Jackson Heidish; he defended his title from last year of Dowling Catholic. He was the first runner to go sub fifteen at the state meet, fourteen fifty six point six six for the win. That's a new PR for him as well. He's not just been the top guy in Iowa all year, but you know he's been wanting the best in the nation as well. He was on our miles, but fifty honorable mention list currently. Now he led his team, Dowling Catholic, to a dominant team title win again, defend their title from last year. They scored 51 points here for the team win. They posted a 1545 team average. They won by 73 points, which is a very, very big margin in a cross-country race. It's also worth mentioning some other top individuals here, though, as well in this race. You had Ford Washburn of Iowa City, who he's been having a great season in his senior year. He finished second here in 1551.5. Um, you know, he gets to the second place here again. Awesome finish. So, I mean, those were some of the huge highlights from Iowa. And now we're going to move it to Kentucky with Olivia. Yes, Paris, Kentucky. And of course, we
1: have to kick things off. By talking about, I've given her this name, the Queen of Kentucky Cross Country. Of course, I'm talking about Kira O'Shea of Madison Central. You guys, she won her fifth straight Kentucky 3A cross country title dating back to when she was in eighth grade, uh, where she clocked a 1707. This was her career best at the Bourbon County Park. And of course, this was a new course record, and along the way, she earned a 153 speed rating. This was her fifth straight win from this season, which is quite impressive. And I know we've had moments to talk with Kira, and We've just been looking at the results as well. We've seen that she's just been consistently running these solo races. And, you know, she had a chance to talk with Miles Blood after her race. And I, bet, I, get the, I guess the biggest question is what keeps her going? And she told Miles what she just keeps pushing and pretends someone's running next to her. So I honestly can't wait to see what she does when she starts lining up for the postseason. And along the way, she helped Madison Central to a fourth place overall team finish. So great job from uh, Kira O'Shea. Also just kind of looking at the top four here, we have Jessica Secor of DuPont Manuel. She was second with an 1807 and she led her team to the team title with 77 points. Tula Fosba of Olda County, was third with an 1821. And then you guys, I was looking at the results and freshman Addison Moore of Woodford County. She's the AAU junior Olympic standout who's just been breaking records left and right. She was fourth with an 1833. Now I'm gonna briefly talk about the boys three a race and then I'll pass it back off to Corey to talk about Idaho. But in the boys race, there were eight of them that went under 16 minutes for 5K. The guy leading the way was Will Sheets of Cummington Catholic. He clocked a 1528, which is a new personal best for him. What's impressive about him was he finished 16th last year with a 1722. So what a huge improvement for him. Like nearly two minutes shaved off his time from last last year. And he has three races underneath his belt already where he's broken 16 minutes for 5K. Coming in second was Noah Matthews of Paul Lawrence Dunbar with a 1540 and then Tiger Bartlett of Ryle finished with a 1544 for third. So that wraps it up for Kentucky and I'm going to pass it off to Corey, who's going to talk a little bit more about Idaho.
0: Yeah, Idaho's I think under the radar here. Uh, Typically, the state runs a lot of courses at elevation for the state championships they were in Lewiston which is basically at sea level so you got to see some of these teams come down and really roll fast and the biggest performer uh, of that that standard was Rocky Mountain the boys uh, of of Idaho just around Boise area they were awesome here like flat out no questions asked amazing 15 11 average uh for the Rocky Mountain boys and you know, Landon Heymeyer won the overall race in 1438.79. Looking at our database, that looks like a new Idaho soil record. It's only behind Daniel Simmons's mark of 1437 from running lane last year. He obviously has transferred to Utah. Landon has another year left. Uh, He looks like a superstar. Um, But it wasn't only Landon. Tyler Sainsbury was his next in kin teammate. 188 speed rating for him. Really good stuff. And the next three guys for Rocky Mountain were all over 170, so they had a really great speed rating average. I mean, I can't say enough about Rocky Mountain. When they go into the regional, they look like one of the teams to beat there. Um, you know, looking f- beyond uh, the 5A boys race, we had on the girls' side, Anna Peters of Post Falls. She put down a time of 16.56 to win the 5A race. Uh, Earned a 146 speed rating, a really good moment from her. You know, on top of that, Boise Senior, a traditional power in Idaho, won the 5A girls race behind a runner-up finish from Allie Bruce. That team put together an 18-15 average. Um, Really good race in the 5A girls. Aside, three teams went under 19 minutes uh, on, on average, Boise Senior, Rocky Mountain, and Highland. And then uh, another note in the 4A boys race uh, was Bishop Kelly ended up taking the overall title. Idaho Falls, which came into the year ranked twenty-one on the milesplit fifty, finished second there, but they're without Luke Athay this season. So I think they were kind of just trying to make their way through, but they ended up finishing second. Really good stuff from Idaho and all the state championships. We have a lot of coverage across milesplit.com, photos, videos, interviews, and more. It's insane. And and coming up you know, in the show, we're going to talk about Texas and Ohio, which is going to be two bigger meets. Um, so stay tuned for that. But there wasn't just state championships. There was also, you know, meets around the country, Saratoga Springs in New York. There was sectionals in Minnesota. There were some Northwest results. Uh, we're going to tap into that now. Actually, um, what is going through your head when it comes to some of these other meets that took place?
2: Yeah, you know, just looking at some of the other results through the weekend, there were, you know, a couple individual performances that really caught my eye that I want to give a shout out to. So looking to the Northwest, like you said, we had Tyrone Gorzy. He ran 1441 at the 5A Midwestern League Champs. That was a 195 speed rating there, one of his fastest 5Ks of the season. You had Devin Kipiego, 1506 at the Rhode Island Class C Championships, a 196 speed rating there. And then I want to give a shout out to Drew Griffith in Pennsylvania, 1517 at the Western Pennsylvania Championships, a 197 speed rating, guys. That's one of the fastest speed ratings we've seen all season. You know, he just entered into the miles Split fifty top 25 this past week, and I think he's really showing that he belongs up there. Now, one of the team highlights I want to point out, again, in the Northwest, we have Jesuit Oregon, who, you know, they've been one of our you know, on the boys side, one of our top drink teams nationally, they had a perfect score at the six A Metro League Championships and were led by Jacob Neneau in fourteen fifty-two, a fifteen oh nine team average for five K. Crazy stuff. Three guys under fifteen for five K. So, you know, outside of all that state championship action, there were other guys really producing some good performances as well.
0: Yeah. Olivia, I think you're gonna tap into New York here. What do you have?
2: Yeah, let's talk about
1: Saratoga Springs because This past weekend, you guys, they just really put down a dominant race at the Suburban Council Championships. They earned 15 points and we're going to watch this video as all five girls cross this finish line here and they earned 15 points against Bethlehem Central, which going into this weekend they were number 25 on the mile split 50 rankings. All five runners, you guys, went under 18 minutes. They finished with a 37 second spread. Emily Bush, who was the first girl to cross the finish line, won the title in a 1712. She earned a 145 speed rating. McKinley Wheeler rounded out the scoring team where she earned in a 1749 to finish up uh, scoring for Saratoga Springs. This team comprised of Emily Bush, Sheridan Wheeler, Alicia Hart, Anya Belial and McKinley Wheeler, and they just put on a show stopping performance, and I think what catches most uh, it should catch everyone's attention here they earned an average of 138 speed rating across the five scores that tops the u.s team right now so Corey, what are your thoughts on saratoga springs because that was just absolutely phenomenal
0: yeah i'm not surprised i've been saying it all season long we're kind of just mm-hmm. waiting for saratoga springs to make that dent i mean they'd run well they had run and won i mean they haven't lost but this was the statement-making race that we've been waiting for. And it's one of those things where I feel like it's a precursor to the state championships, which are coming up, and then regions, and then nationals. I mean, this is like prototypical Saratoga Springs in the lead-up to a national you know, campaign. They just get better and better and better, and then all of a sudden, they're, they're, they're the team to fear. And when you look at that, the top five girls aren't any different than they were to begin the season. They're a little bit better, though. I mean, and here specifically, uh, they ran their best of the season and beating a national ranked team, That's that says a lot, too. I don't think they're going to lose at states or at regions at all, which makes it even more exciting because you go into a national race and you don't really know what's going to happen because Niwot is extremely good. Buchanan is great. I mean, I could see, you know, Flower Mound is, is great. I, 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 I do want to ask you both, like, what are your thoughts on how to look at nationals, pending they qualify? Is this the kind of performance where we say, hey, I, I think they're maybe a, a front runner now, or do, do we still have some question marks as to, to that? And you know, I'll go back to Olivia and Ashley, if you wanna add some, add some context too. Yeah, go ahead, Ashley.
2: I mean, here, this is what I've always heard, you know, through cross country, you train to race in October and November, that's when you're really going to start gearing up. And I feel like that shows, I mean, that's basically what Saratoga has done here. They had a quiet build up, put in the training, and now here they are, and they're showing that they're ready to go. And I mean, I think now going into nationals, that puts, you know performances behind that name to show that hey they are ready and I think this was part of the plan like we've kind of touched on all along so now I look at Nationals and I'm like all right I feel confident in saying that they're going to be one that's going to compete like you said the Buchanans the Niwats just going to be a matter of when it comes when it boils down to it which one which team is going to have the best overall performance on the given day I definitely think it could be Saratoga though.
0: Olivia, yeah, do you have think, anything else to add?
2: Yeah,
1: I do. I, I feel, you know, Ashley did a great job. And Corey, like, we've we've been waiting for this moment. Like, we know the talent that Saratoga Springs have. They've returned all of their girls from last year. They have the knowledge, they have the experience, they have the history. We know that they are capable of being that top ranked team. We've just been waiting for them to put it all together. And I think this meet, they really solidified like, hey, we deserve to be in the conversation of being the top contender team for a national title, and of course, it's not. You know, I feel I now feel more confident going into the postseason. Um, like you said, pending that they, you know, make it to nationals, but now I feel more confident that, like, hey, we're gonna get a race. Like, we're going to see the Niwats, the Buchanan's, the Saratoga Springs really toe the line, and they're gonna give us their best effort. And it's going to be a great conversation kind of moving forward as we just kind of wait for the postseason. But now I feel more confident that like, hey, I think they're going to be in the mix. I had a question mark going into this weekend, whether or not that they would be able to put the right steps, you know, on the line. But after this weekend, I can confidently say, hey, Saratoga Springs is here. They're ready to compete and we're going to see something
0: great. Well, the one one drawback is they can't have anybody fall off. That's for one. But I really do love how this is shaping up because when you look at the top girls teams in the country, you got one from New York, you got one from Texas, you got one from California, you got one in Colorado there. There are four different teams from yeah. four different kinds of environments, um, which, you know, makes a great championship experience. I think when you put that on the line, uh, the only other thought I have here, uh, as I wanted to, to add on to Drew Griffiths, which, you know, Ashley mentioned earlier, um, our PenTrack XC editor, John Davern went on the hot take rain earlier this week and said, he (laughs) believes Drew performance was the best in PA this year. Um, I want to hit the brakes a little bit on that. You know, we'll we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He won the whippy old championships, which is out in Western PA uh, to, to, to put down that 15, 17, but let's not forget about Brian DeCola of Hatboro Horsham. Um, He's four for four in the season drew was four for four in the season we got the Pen- pennsylvania state championships coming up and they're both in triple a so we will see who's the top dog coming down the pike in pennsylvania pretty soon and i'm really excited for that and better yet what better than a philadelphia versus pittsburgh matchup you got the Stakes. you got the <laughs> yinders, like, it's, perfect. it's perfect it's exciting stuff it. yeah um cool well, let's move on to our next segment. That's gonna be what's been the most shocking record made over the state season so far? We've got a handful of them that really actually made some waves. So um, Olivia, I'll start with you first. What's the most shocking record over the state season so far?
1: I think for me, we've already spoken with her Peyton Noia Ballard. I feel like her performance is just so spectacular. We just gotta keep having conversation. She's been an athlete that we have just been consistently seeing all season. And Corey, we've been kind of watching her, but she's been putting all the big performances together. The only race that she's lost, to my knowledge, is the Roy Griac, which was behind Abby neki who is doing amazing things as well. So the fact that Peyton Noe has been able to just put herself kind of in that conversation with some of the top runners in the country speaks volumes as we kind of move into this postseason. Now, this past weekend, as we talked to her, she won and defended her 3A cross country championship title. She won it with a 1648, again, a new personal best, a new course record, nearly shattered it by a minute. Another meet record. It was just phenomenal. She won the title by two minutes. She was the first girl to go sub 17 minutes on this course. And on top of that, she earned a 157 speed rating. Along the along the way of this too, she became the second girl in Iowa history to go under 17 minutes for 5K, but she became the first girl to dip under this mark on Iowa soil. So lots of records broken by Peyton Noe out from Ballard in Iowa. So that was my biggest record-breaking
2: performance of the weekend. How about for you, Ashley? Again, another performance coming from just this past weekend. I want to talk a little bit more about Brooke Wilson's record at the 5A Colorado State meet. She runs 1659.2 to go sub-17 on the new Penrose core. She's the only girl, again, to break 17 minutes for 5K on this course, a 156 speed rating. The previous record, like I mentioned earlier, was 1707 set by Bree Oakley back in 2016, so six years ago. And to put into perspective just how crazy this time is, guys, only 13 girls have ever even broken 18 minutes on this course. And so to go under 17 is just, you know, it's phenomenal. It's crazy. And even, you know, looking back at the athletes in history who have, you know, run on this course, even current pro Katie Rainsberger didn't break 1730 on this course when she was in high school back in the day. So, I, I mean, I would say that that may be one of the best performances we've seen of the season. She dominated that stacked 5A race field. Last year at this same race, she, she ran 17.47.9 to finish second. She shaves nearly 50 seconds off of this time here. And then in her post-race interview, um, you know, with our Miles Split Colorado editor, Bobby Rays, it was, it was an awesome interview. She said, it, you know, she described it as such just a surreal experience. You know, I don't even think she even realized that, you know, that time was possible for her. So, Brooke Wilson, crazy course record there. And Corey, what's your pick?
0: I have... One record that I kind of just made up uh, for, for this <laughs> You made up. And then, and then I have another athlete. I'm going to talk about an athlete who's inching closer to a record. But the first one, uh, basically, win count in Nebraska. Looking at Carson Knocker's win count over his four-year career uh, a- at his school is, is incredible. 20 straight wins. I don't see a single loss on Carson Knocker's record. 20 straight wins, including some invitationals, it included a, a big race in Woodbridge. Uh, he's won 20 straight races to finish out his career. And we haven't seen him at national meets before this season. I don't know if he's going to run. Maybe he's just going to end it on top. Uh, to me, that's going to be a record that's probably not going to be broken in Nebraska anytime soon. I, so I, I really wanted to shout out Carson Knocker. The last weekend, I think, was his state championship. So kudos to him. Coming up in Louisiana uh, are the state championships. And I actually wanted to shout out Jack DeRoches of, of Jesuit, who's coming off the District Five Nine championships. He ran 14.29 for three miles, which is just four seconds off of the all-time three-mile record in Louisiana. Now, they got that coming up. I think Jack reasonably, along with his teammate Brady Mullen, could go under 1425 for three miles. Um, I think that's like a reasonable uh, record that could be broken by these two athletes, maybe both of them uh, coming up. So I wanted to shout them out because Jesuit obviously has had an incredible season. But those two in particular have been rolling this year, and they're they're inching closer to it. So those are my two there. All right, we are moving up to, you know, national letter of intent season, the recruiting season. It's it's within the next, what, 10 days? Uh, 11 mm-hmm. days, I think. Yep. we got NLI coming up on Wednesday next week, and commitments are coming down the pike of, in full force. So we're going to go into our top five commitments over the last week or so. Olivia, I think you are, or Ashley, I believe you're up first.
2: Yes, I want to start off by mentioning Elizabeth Tapper of Hanfield area in Pennsylvania. She committed within the last week to the University of Michigan. She is one of the top throwers returning this year in the nation. She was U.S. number six in the discus, U.S. number 11 in the shot put during the last outdoor season. She has PRs of 48 and a half inch for shot put, 163.9 for discus, one of the top throws recruits in the nation. And so she makes her pick here to go to Michigan. And Olivia, who do you have now? I know these two, you got some two sisters here that made some pretty big news yesterday.
1: Yes, I put the twins Amanda Mole and Hannah Mole, up there. They are going to be staying in the ta- in the area. They're heading off to Washington. Amanda and Hannah have Definitely caught our eyes in the pole vault competition during the indoor and outdoor seasons as juniors last year, Amanda tied the indoor national high school record in the pole vault with a 14.9 clearance and Hannah was right there just an inch behind her with a 14.8. Now during the spring of last year Amanda broke Paige Summers outdoor national high school record with a 14-9 and a half clearance at Texas Relays. The sisters went 1-2 at the NSAF Nationals and the USA Track and Field U20 Championships and Hannah won the World U20 title with a 14.3 and a quarter clearance and Amanda finished fifth. So they got some height and I feel Washington has themselves a pair of promising Pole vaulters going into next season, but Corey, what about for you?
0: Not just promising; they're NCAA title <laughs> hopes immediately. The moment yes. they step on that campus, they are <laughs> NCAA title contenders for sure. And they might mm-hmm. be the first girls to 15 feet in high school history this year. I'm calling it out right now. Um, all right, so I'm going to go with Bryce Tucker of Pennsauken in New Jersey, A really. Awesome athlete who's very versatile. He's a hurdler primarily, and he's and he's committed to Rutgers. Uh, he's number 17 on the mile split 50, top 50 recruiting rankings, which will be updated uh, next week. But when you look at his, his uh, record, 7.53 in the 55-meter hurdles, 48.23 in the 400, 120 in the 600 indoors, which was U.S. top 10. And then outdoors, this is his best result uh, of his career, 53.29 in the 400-meter hurdles, which was U.S. seven last year uh, he's also gone two when dated in the 110s and crazy enough he's gone 155 in the 800 this guy can do everything um, <laughs> I know that Rutgers is director of track and field Bobby Farrell is the sprints hurdles and jumps uh, coach there so I'm, I'm pretty sure if I had to guess he was locked in on Bryce and wanted to get his man from New Jersey he ended up doing that so that's a good signing there
2: Now, I want to talk a little bit about, actually, I think Mile Split, Illinois, I think all the guys there went absolutely insane when this person released her commitment, but Grace Shager, one of the best, you know, distance athletes probably in Illinois history of Carol Stream, she announced her commitment to the University of Notre Dame just last week. She's gone 16 flat for three miles, that's U.S. number five. Illinois number one this season, the third fastest in Illinois state history. I really think she could develop into a great talent for Notre Dame. She's going to be, you know, going in next year. The whole bunch of other really talented on both the girls' and boys' sides, distance recruits out there. And, you know, Notre Dame's a team that's really on the rise as well. They just nearly pulled off an upset over NC State at the ACC Championships this past weekend. So I think she'll, you know, really fit in well there with the Irish. And I think we got one more. Yes.
1: Last but not least, I think I'm going to keep it in the pole vault competition. I'm going to highlight Wyatt Stewart from South. Uh, excuse me, Madison Central from Kentucky. He's committed to South Dakota, the two-time K- Kentucky State Indoor and two-time Outdoor State Champion. He is your indoor and outdoor state record holder as well. He cleared 17-7 indoors at the Eastern Indoor Meet, which ranked him U.S. number two during the winter and he was sixth at new Balance national indoors and second at new Balance national outdoors with a 16 four and three quarters of an inch clearance so i'm keeping it in pole vault i'm really excited for this pole vault season it's gonna be you know they're gonna be raising the bar a lot so it's gonna be a good year yeah. i
0: actually didn't see that so that's news to me and south dakota is the landing spot for chris nielsen who was a a mm-hmm. uh, olympic silver medalist recently South Dakota has a long, long tradition of pole vault success. So I really like that from, from Wyatt Stewart. All right. We are going to move next to running lane, the Garmin running lane XC championships, which we've been talking about for weeks now. They are in about a month going to hit our, our calendar in Huntsville, Alabama and John Hunt Park. It's going to be fun stuff there today. We're going to talk about underclassmen that are scheduled to run. We really have a wide array of talented underclassmen, sophomores, freshmen, eighth graders, seventh graders, going to hit the course and we want to get into some of the best talent there. Uh, Among them, Ty Stewart's, Cooper Walson, Owen Clemens. Uh, We got Victoria Rodriguez on the girl side, Lillian DeCola, Lydia Cromwell, Rachel Hawes, Sophia Rodriguez. Um, We could go in, we could spend, you know, I think a half hour talking about this, but we're going to limit it to about five minutes. So (laughs) Ashley, I will start with you first. Uh, Who are some underclassmen you're looking out for here?
2: Yeah, I want to start off with one guy you mentioned there in that list, Cooper Wasson of Kentucky of Bluegrass United Homeschool. He's a sophomore that is on the cusp of breaking 15 minutes for 5K, and he could very well do it on this really fast course out in Huntsville. His best from this season is 1503.39, which won the Tiger run back in August. And he's been the fastest guy in Kentucky this season. You know, We didn't see him compete at the Kentucky State meet since he is on a homeschool team, but he'll be one to watch as he chases a sub-15 mark. Now, now I want to go to the girls' side and mention someone that wasn't on that list at the very beginning. I want to throw it in to talk about, you know, Casey Dingman of Lake Norman in North Carolina. She's a freshman there. She ran her first sub-18 race for 5K of her young career at the Adidas Cross Country Challenge in September on that Wake Med course there, 17.59 for sixth place. She has won four out of her nine races that she's competed so far this season, and she'll be competing this weekend at the North Carolina 4A state meet. So I'll be curious to see what she does there. And then maybe that could help build some momentum going into running lane. And Olivia, who are your guys you want to talk about?
1: Yeah, so Corey briefly mentioned Ty Stewart. So I'm going to highlight him a little bit more from Hurricane High School out in West Virginia. Of course, they're coming off their state championships, as we mentioned earlier. So clocked and won the title with a 15-27. He's been on a roll this year, you guys. He's won seven out of nine races and he hasn't finished worse than second. So he's just on a roll right now. He clocked his first sub 15 minute 5K as his senior, as his opener at the Dutch Miller Invitational with a 1456. This will be his first time competing at running lane cross country championships, but he is familiar with the energy that comes along with competing with running lane. He ran at the running lane track championships last year. He finished seventh in the 3200 meters with a 901, and he was sixth in the 1600 meters with a 422. Alongside of him, I'm going to highlight a young talent, Gabby Bishop of Providence Classical Christian Academy in Arkansas. She's one of the top freshman seeds going into this meet. She's been winning her local state meets. She's recently coming off of a win at the HCAA Cross Country Conference meet. She competed at the Chilli Pepper Festival where she set a new personal best of 1745 and she was the top underclassman to cross that finish line as she finished eighth. This was her second time this season dipping under 18 minutes. I'm excited for her for this year because this will be her first time competing at running lane, first time competing on in Huntsville and I think it's going to be a great opportunity for her to race against some of the best runners in the nation, and she can kind of see where she is nationally. So she's going to definitely get some fast times as well. And so I'm excited to see what she does there. But Corey, who are some of the future stars that you're looking forward to seeing competing in Huntsville?
0: I'll start with Owen Clemens of Cleveland High School. This kid is a future star. I have no doubt about it. This kid is is one of the best freshmen in the country, and I think he will go after that freshman xc mark i believe which is 1452 and by keegan smith uh he's coming off a regional win in tennessee uh with a time of 1536 but he's raced some really good races already against upperclassmen this year he ran 1501 at chick-fil-a on october 1st he was sixth in a pack field at the jesse owens classic uh earlier in the year and then he held his own at the southern showcase uh, in september he ended up finishing 10th but he was um I think down the stretch, I, I think fatigue came back to him, but he was in a good position up until the very end there in some the Southern Showcase. So Owen Clemens coming to running lane, I think we could see something really, really special out of him. And then on the girls' side, Lillian DeCola of Hatboro Horsham. She is the sister of Brian DeCola. She's had a great year. She's only a sophomore, and she's got a ton of time in front of her. Um, she went 17-48 at the Paul Short Run in Lehigh earlier in the season, uh, finished third there. Uh, She won PTXC to begin the season. Um, She's the top runner on her squad, and I think she has an opportunity here at Running Lane to run a very, very fast time. Plus, she's got a brother alongside her, and nothing like a good mentor to have uh, next to you as you compete. So Lillian is one girl to watch in PA coming into the Running Lane, and we are excited for all those underclassmen We'll have more content on the Garmin Running Lane Championships in the coming weeks. All right. Uh, I'm excited for this. I know y'all are. Texas State Championship weekend has hit the calendar. Uh, It starts on Friday, I believe, and goes Saturday. Ashley's going to be there in Round Rock. We're going to just get into it. Texas State Championships. Ashley, I'll start with you because you will be on the ground in Round Rock. What are your thoughts here?
2: Yes, that's right. I'm like, I have to say, I'm like pretty stoked for this meet. I've never been to the Texas, you know, state meet before. So I think it's going to be really fun. I'll be on the ground with you know, Texas Miles, but Will Grundy and his crew. And there's just a lot of huge storylines that, you know, we're going to see unfold out in Round Rock. And, you know, some of the top ones, I think you have to look at the 6A girls race. And, you know, I want, I'm curious, you know, how close is the team battle going to be between Flower Mound and South Lake Carroll you know, the regional title between those two, it came down to a one point margin. I mean, that's just insane and not really seen very often in cross country. Flower Mound took that advantage there, you know, especially behind a big third place day from Alexander Fox. So I'll be curious who will, you know, win, come out on top when it really matters at the state meet. You know, can individually I, Can I
0: add my insight can I add yes, my insight yeah. here? So I will go out on a limb and I'm going to say that Flower Mound wins here. Um and I I'm I i, I do I'm not even I don't even feel bad about that pick because Old Settlers Park is very fast. I think it plays to the strengths of Flower Mound. Um, they do have two legitimate front runners, whereas South Lake Carroll is more pack strong. Although they do they do have some good runners too. I'm just going to go out and land. I'll say Flower Mound. It plays to their strengths. It's Old Settlers Park. So if I'm going to have to pick, I'm going Flower Mound in this position.
2: Yeah, I think I would agree too, because I think you can even, you know, if you look at regionals, it looked like, I mean, yeah, they won and by just one point, but it looks like Nicole Humphreys, one of their leaders, had maybe a little bit of an off day there. And so if they're all, you know, healthy and ready to go, I think it's going to be, I would, I would agree. Definitely Flower Mound. Olivia, any thoughts there?
1: That makes three of us, because that was my (laughs) pick too. I was like, I'm feeling Flower Mound's going to put, all the pieces together. And as you mentioned, you know, Nicole might have had an off day, but you have strong run runners like Samantha and Nicole. And I know you're going to dive into a little bit more, but like Alex, Alexandra Fox is going to be that key individual, especially for Flower Mound. And, you know, just coming off of that, that position that she did at regionals, she ran very, very well there. And so she finished third. I think she's going to be the main key person for this Flower Mound team. So I think all three of us agree. I think Flower Mound's going to put the pieces together. Uh, the state championships this weekend. But go ahead, Ashley, go ahead and finish.
2: (laughs) Well, I love that we're all in agreement here on Flower Mounds, but, you know, outside of the team race on the girls, I feel like individually it's a little more wide open. Like we mentioned, you have Flower Mounds, Samantha and Nicole Humphreys who are two favorites going in. But you also have others including, you know, Madison Peters, Haley Harper. I could go on and on. There have been nine girls in 6A that have gone under 1720 this season for 5K. So I think that's going to be a pretty heated competition. Now on the boys' side for 6K, you've got Kevin Sanchez of Austin Vandergrift will look to repeat as an individual champion. And will anyone challenge him? I'll be curious to see if anyone goes out with Kevin to see, you know, will anyone make this, you know, a race, a heated competition down to the line? And will South Lake Carroll dominate as a team like they've done in the latter meets of the season? They're going to be that favorite going into the team race. And I also want to mention real briefly the 5A boys race. Watch out for David Mora. He is the fastest guy in Texas so far this season with his 1446 that he ran for 5K back in August. So I'll be curious to see how he does in his race in the 5A boys field. Olivia, any extra thoughts?
0: So hold on, hold on. Uh, 6A race on the girls' side. Uh, Forgot to mention Isabella to Conde Frankenberg here uh, right. in, in the race overall I mean we've been talking about her all season long as a top runner in in, in 6a and now she's been beaten by Madison Peters um earlier in the season you know we mm-hmm. obviously think Sam Humphreys and Nicole Humphreys is there but I if I'm if I'm looking at the 6a race uh, I still think Isabella's race to win um do either of you agree
1: I'm kind of on the fence. Um, I feel like Isabel Coney de Frankenberg, she's been looking very strong. And she's the third. She finished third last year. She's your second fastest returner. I think it's going to be a coin flip for me between Isabel Coney de Frankenberg and Madison Peters. Madison Peters, you guys, has been looking phenomenal all season. And again, she is probably going in with that mindset of like, okay, I ran really well throughout the year. And like you just said, Corey, Madison Peters has that one win over Isabel Coney de Frankenberg. So I feel like it's going to be a really close matchup up front. Um, But if I had to flip a coin, it's going to be between Isabel and Madison for me. Ashley, what about for you? Who would you pick as the winner today?
2: Again, I feel like it's kind of like the same thing where it could go either way. I mean, Madison has been Isabel before. I like Isabel in this race, but I also wouldn't be surprised if someone else came up to, to win it I guess if that's what I'll say so I yeah. think it's going to be yeah anyone honestly it's it's hard to say I like I really do think it could be anyone's game and it's really just gonna come down to I think who's the most prepared and fresh and ready for this moment and I guess we'll just have to see honestly I'll be curious to yeah, see it unfold
0: so you haven't been to old settlers before Correct. but that first mile is pretty flat for the most part and then once they hit the mile marker, it, it takes a, a very stark turn upward. And then it kind of gets rough from there. But I mean, overall, <laughs> it's fast. But so the point here with the state championships, though, is like, I think you throw out everything that has happened in the past, right? Everyone who's gotten to this point, you know, the top 10 ladies has a chance to win it on, on the day, right? Because I think results mm-hmm. mean less here. And it's more about racing the day. And I think, yeah, I mean Madison has had a great season. Isabel, Sam, Nicole, all all those girls. But really, when you get to the line on Saturday and that gun goes off, it is a different game, and you have to race differently. You got to you got to forget about everything else and just go. So, I mean, I think that's just kind of what that has to happen on state championships. But uh, Olivia, did, I know I, we've we've kind of interluded a little bit on some of these subjects, <laughs> but um, did you want to go into some of your thoughts here?
1: Ashley pretty much just, you know, put the hammer to the nail there. I think it's going to be a close battle between Flower Mound and Southlake. But obviously we discussed, I think Flower Mound is going to take the victory here. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see. Another uh, individual I want to include in this conversation also is Ali Love. Uh, she is the top returner. She finished second last year. As we mentioned, Isabel Coney de Frankenberg will be in the mix. Humphrey sisters, Ava Brashaw of South Lake Care will be in there. And of course, Madison Peters. So it's going to be a very tight girls 6A race for sure individually. And it's going to be an interesting way to see how this team title unfolds. So those are my thoughts. Corey, how about for you? Any yep. last minute thoughts on the Lone Star State? championships
0: the lone star state yeah i i think we should go into the 6a boys race we've touched on it briefly but looking mm-hmm. at it i think you have five teams maybe probably a really close two that could contend for a title uh southlake carroll is the obvious favorite but you have capel you have vandegrift you have the woodlands you have itasca um it's one of the deepest races i think we've seen it in a long time now carroll is Definitely, definitely the favorite. But you got teams like Capel who really believe they can win. Uh Tascasita has mm-hmm. been like the under, like the little darling that could all season long, too. They want to win, right? So uh, I I think something, you know, weird things happen all the time in these kinds of races. Um, but I think in order for South Lake Carroll to win, they just have to, to run the way they have been. When you look at their lineup, um their fifth runner. Uh, based on PRs. Blake Bullard has a faster PR than Cop- Capel's number three. He's better than Vandegrift's number two. He's better than the Woodlands' number one. So if they run like they should, they should win. Uh, but, you know, it's not always how that happens. Any other thoughts on that?
2: I mean, yeah, I think you, they're you the, pretty much took it. They're the Go dominant ahead, favorite. I think we yeah we've talked about them all season. Maybe there were I feel like maybe earlier in the season there were questions on, you know, just how is Carol going to put the pieces together, essentially on the boys' side to have a really good season. And I think they've really proved that. Yes, they were ready for that.
0: Yeah. One yeah, last question. Carol we looks got, good. We have meet records at Old Settlers fourteen fourteen on the boys' side by Ryan Shopey back in two thousand nineteen. Does anyone run faster than fourteen fourteen? No, that's a no from Ashley. That's a that's Olivia. a that's a fast
2: no. race. <laughs> <laughs> I say no. Right. Yeah, that's no, blazing, no
0: blazing that. fast. Okay, no on that. All right, on the girls' side, Bryn Brown course record of sixteen twenty-five from twenty twenty. Does anyone make a mark on that?
2: I'm gonna say no again. Maybe I'm maybe this is being being too pessimistic. But I don't. But again, like Bryn Brown, that's just like. That 1625, that's crazy. I mean, obviously, I've never been to Old Settlers Park, so I can't really say, you know, what the course looks like. Maybe you can get some... I feel like it'd be closer to get the girls' record than the boys'. I'll just put it that way.
1: That's how I feel. I feel... See, here's the thing. I'm trying to remember... I remember being there for the 2020 race. I remember Bryn Brown doing her thing, like, in a solo effort. Was that right, Corey? Like, was she pretty much out there doing her thing, how I'm seeing it for this year, right? Like we just named all of these girls that are in contention for this title. They're going to be racing. And like Corey mentioned, Ashley, like the course is pretty, it's pretty flat and it's going to be really, really fast. So I think it's going to be very close on the girl side, especially because I think it's going to be fast. I think it's going to be a fast race. That is my, that is my guess there. I think it's going to be close to that 1625 mark.
0: You've got a lot of girls I, in here. I, I, I agree, too. And we do have good temperature in Texas right now. It's sometimes the state mm-hmm. championships, it's really, really hot. But I think if we get 60s to 70s for these 5A, 6A races, I think we could potentially get it. I'm going to pick Isabel, by the way. I'm just putting it out there. Isabel wins 6A in my head. I'm going to put it there. All righty. Last segment of the day, the National Me of the Week, it's the Ohio State XC Championships Division One through Division Three. It's going to be uh, wonderful racing out there in Ohio. And, uh, Olivia, I will go to you first. What are your thoughts?
1: Yes, absolutely. So I'm excited to see what the Oregon commit Katie Clute does in this race here. She's been undefeated this season. She set a personal best of 17.02 in September she has seven of her races have been all under sub 18 minutes for 5k and she's going to be in the hunt for her first cross country state title. So I feel like a lot of things are kind of just riding on the state meet. She's looking forward to it. She's the top return as well as she finished second last year has the experience now she's putting all the pieces together. So that is kind of the highlight for me on the girl side on the boys side. Of course, we've been talking about Connor Ackley all year from Hilton did Davidson undefeated. Five races underneath his belt this season have been all under sub 15 minutes for 5K. He produced a 14.45 at the beginning of October. The meet record, I just want to throw this out there, is 14.50. And I think Connor has the potential of getting really close to it, especially since he ran a 14.45 earlier this year. It's just putting all the pieces together. I know a lot of us are going to dive into this team title competition, and I think we can all agree it's going to be a battle between Mason and Hillerson Hillard, Davidson. So it's going to be exciting matchups on the team side. I think that's what's going to kind of be the eye-catching moment for the Ohio State Championships. Ashley, what are your thoughts on this? Because I know you kind of dive very, very deep into the team titles. Talk to us about why this is going to be so important this weekend.
2: Yeah, like you mentioned, you know, both on the boys and girls side, it could be a battle between Mason and Hilliard Davidson. One of these teams could potentially sweep the, you know, the boys and the girls team titles. I'll put that out there. However, so looking at the boys side first in the Division one race, it'll be really tough to beat favorite Mason. They have a fifteen thirty five team average this season solid forty three second one through five spread. They're defending champions and they're led by Isaac Schachschneider, who didn't even make the varsity squad for states last year. This year he is their top runner, and he has run fifteen eleven this season for five k um so they're gonna be the favorites going in. You know, if Connor Ackley and you know the guys behind him can put together a really strong performance, I think maybe they could challenge. But we'll see. Now on the girls' side, Mason will also be tough to beat here. But Hillier Davidson is right there with them. You know, um, last year looking at the state meet, you had Davidson they finished fifth, Mason finished eighth. Mason has a front runner in Eva Pashka with a seventeen thirty season's best. But Hillier Davidson has that you know the stronger pack running strategy. They had you know their entire top fiver all in that 18 minute range. They have a forty-nine second one through five spread. So it'll just really especially on the girl side, it'll depend on how this race unfolds. If they can put together Hilliard Davidson like a really strong pack running strategy that is really successful, then I think that will play in their favor. Um so that's kind of how I see the team race. Corey, any other thoughts on that team race there?
0: Yeah, I when you look at the averages, I think that that's gonna be a great indicator of like what we could see, you know, 1535, as you said, with Mason. Dublin Kaufman should not be discounted here, 1549. They're six seconds faster than did Davidson uh, in that team average. Um, Division one is really competitive top down. Uh, so it's not just these two teams. I think like we saw in Indiana, I mean, Zionsville wasn't the number two in, in that state, but they ended up finishing second anyway. They nearly stole a state title. So um, in Ohio, I think we could see the similar type thing happen. Um, you know we got Olin Tate, uh Olin Orange we got Springboro we got all all kinds of teams that are, are ready to go and I think they could make some impact here um so I mean I, I agree with Connor Ackley's uh, quest for the the state record I, I also agree that that could happen that could go down he's been kind of gearing up for it and you know, beyond beyond Division one which is you know the largest classification races I think we got some good stuff coming in division two Jack Agnew of, of Carroll is the top returner and on the girl side Bella Butler of Oakwood, Oakwood is the top returner there and of note in division three um, last year the top eight finishers were all seniors so um, the top returner from last year was Bridland Holland of East Canton uh, I think it's anyone's game in Division three basically then to, to, to win a state title. So that's up for grabs. And, uh, Ohio miles, Split will have all the coverage, uh, all over the weekend and we'll get some more stuff uh, to you, uh, via some previews and, and features and all that kind of stuff. So stay tuned for that on miles, Split. this has been a wonderful show. It's been awesome talking with you ladies. Uh, what do you got going on this weekend? I mean, actually you're going to the Texas state championships, anything else?
2: That's it. It's just cross-country. That's my weekend. I'm excited.
0: (laughs) What a weekend. What a weekend. (laughs) Olivia, Olivia. what about you?
1: I think Ashley's going to be so tired of me because when we we were kind of stalking the results for the Utah State Championship. (laughs) We were texting back and forth. So I'm going to be probably messaging Ashley like, hey, what's going on? Give me play-by-play. How's it looking out there? So I'm excited to see the Texas State meet this weekend. It's going to be a big one.
0: So that's going to be my weekend. Yeah. More cross country. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to being right as, you, as usual, right? I'm, you know. Oh, goodness. You have
2: the, the, the ego boost in there. There we go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been fun uh, for everyone. Tune it in. We'll be back next Tuesday to talk more state championships and much more. So stay tuned. We'll talk to you later.